Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and today we are going to talk about one of those other topics. I'm going to give you the approach to nosebleeding so that you can rock your emergency medicine clerkship and get top one-third in your slow. Now, in this episode, there's really one thing that I want to emphasize, and that is this. Protective equipment is important. It's really, really, really important. It's like wearing a seatbelt. You will virtually never need it until it's too late, and then you wish you had it. And I know, I know, I know. I'm the OSHA police. That's so lame. We don't have time. Whatever. Listen, I get it. I get lazy with this myself. It's part of the whole, I'm tough, I'm fearless, I get vomited on, welcome to the pit type culture that we love emergency medicine for. But to be honest, that's dumb. Don't be stupid. This is something we can all improve on, especially with this chief complaint, because there is going to be blood everywhere, and you need to protect yourself. Now, before we get started, I actually took a lot of this episode from the Tintin Alley's Emergency Medicine Manual. It's quite a bit smaller than the big text. It has a section for each topic called Emergency Department, Care, and Disposition. That is the section I read because it's very similar to this podcast and it has a step-by-step approach for each topic. I use it all the time. So with that said, here's your approach to nose bleeding. Step one, you need to protect yourself. Gloves, mask, eye shield, gown. Because to treat this chief complaint well, things are going to get really, really messy. You are going to be asking your patients to blow their bleeding nose, to spit up blood. You're going to be staring into their nose when they might suddenly sneeze or cough, etc. You need to garb up. So that's the easy first step, right? Step two, after you take some basic history, really the most important thing probably being anticoagulant use, you're going to do your exam. Now, for your exam, your patient needs to suction and blow whatever their nose so you can find the source of bleeding. There's two spots where it can happen. In spot one, that's Kieselbach's plexus. That is at the anterior portion of their nasal septum. It is a capillary bed, and it bleeds a lot. This is the vast majority of your patients. And then the second spot where it happens is from the sphenopalatine artery. Now, this is not a capillary bed. This is a freaking artery. It is in the very posterior portion of the nose. You can't really see it on exam, but you will recognize it because it is going to be very severe bleeding and it is going to be very difficult to fix. Now, whatever spot it ends up being, for step two, you need to look. Your attendings love to ask about this. They love to ask what you see every time because they know that we never blow out enough of the clot and don't look. So if you can say, yeah, I had them blow everything out, and I saw it, and it is on Kieselbach's plexus right in there, you're going to get major, major points. Step three, you're going to have them blow out all of the clot in their nose, and then you're going to spray in oxymetazoline and apply some pressure. Now, some attendings may call oxymetazoline afrin, which is the brand name for oxymetazoline. But in this podcast, we don't have favorites, so we just refer to it by its generic name, oxymetazoline. And what oxymetazoline does is cause vasoconstriction of those capillaries in Kieselbach's plexus. And it usually stops the bleeding. But if it doesn't, you're going to then move on to step four. This is very easy. It's a process. It's a flow. Step four is silver nitrate. 
you're going to cauterize the bleeding capillary bed. Now, this is just like in surgery, only instead of electricity, you're going to be burning them with this chemical-laced Q-tip thing. And if you're feeling nice, you can also apply some topical anesthesia, soak some gauze and lidocaine, and just let it sit in their nose for a little bit, and that decreases the pain. And that's what I do, but I've actually seen it done both with and without, and the patients usually tolerate it pretty well either way. I just usually feel bad because I can smell the mucosa burning and it just seems like it would hurt. Now, step five, if you haven't been able to stop the bleeding with oxymetazoline and with pressure and with silver nitrate, you are going to just give up and do anterior nasal packing. Now, my attendings use one called rapid rhino. It's pretty common. I don't personally have a favorite. I think they all get the job done. But whatever nasal packing product your department has, just shove it in their nose and then you can send the patient home. It's pretty easy. That's it. You're going to garb up, visualize, spray oxymetazoline, cauterize silver nitrate, and then pack if those other steps don't work. That's your algorithm. Now, here's a quick tip for steps two, three, and four. When you're visualizing and spraying in the oxymetazoline and cauterizing, when they blow their nose, it's really important that you get all of that clot out and have all of the blood gushy and flowy. I don't care if you make it look like a murder scene. The better you clear out that clot, the better views you can get, the better the drugs are going to work. So if you want to help your patients, you need to channel your inner Dexter and get the blood spraying everywhere. Now, before we wrap up, one other thing. You might be asked about antibiotics for toxic shock syndrome prophylaxis if you do anterior nasal packing. Now, I'm just a wee little resident, but I can say this fact. Toxic shock syndrome is only a theoretical risk. There haven't actually been any studies that have been done. It just seems like it could happen. So if your attending wants an antibiotic, that's fine. Usually they use Augmentin. So that wraps up this episode. Remember, please wear protective equipment. The last thing I want is for all of you guys to get excited about, oh yeah, I need to spray the blood everywhere and not garb up appropriately, and then you get splattered by your coagulopathic hep C patient's nasty snot blood and then suffer a slow and painful death from liver failure, cursing Zach Olson on your deathbed, because that would be really sad. I don't want that to happen. If you found this podcast helpful, we're wrapping up. I say this every week. Please mention this podcast to another med student. My goal is to help teach as many of you guys as possible. I would really appreciate if you spread the word. Otherwise, until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.